you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, this is Matt Willig, former NFLer and current actor. You are listening to the NFL Players Second Acts Podcast. Welcome to the NFL Player Second Acts Podcast. I'm Peanut Tillman, and this is my deacon, as always, my guy, Roman Harper. Why are you smiling? Because I, I I just love your enthusiasm. Quite alarming, actually. <laughs> you never... You got to bring it. No, no, I like we it. We don't I'm, do the traditional I'm with five, you. four. Um, th- I just I, go right into it. I'm always I'm, I'm ready, excited because this is a good version of Peanut today. So our okay. guest is going to get a good show today. All right, before we get to our guest, though, I want to thank all of our listeners, our followers, uh, that always tune in and pick us up. And remember, you can always listen to us wherever you get your podcasts at, whether it's Apple Podcasts or the iHeartRadio app. You know, who's our guest today? We got a good one. He played 14 years in the NFL of an offensive lineman. He's got a Super Bowl ring with the Rams. He played in another Super Bowl with the Panthers. We both play for the Panthers. Um, you've seen him on TV shows, uh, shows like The Young Rock and movies like We Were the Millers. Please welcome our guest, Matt Willig. Yay! Guys, thank he, you, man. And he is not only that, but he is the big man in Hollywood. Like, <laughs> literally. He's not literally. a big man. No. He's literally. The, he's the big man. I'm one of them, at least. It's like 6'9", 6'10". <laughs> only, only on TV. Only 6'12". On TV. You're Guys, huge. let me say, man, real quick, uh, it's, it's a privilege to be here. Um, I've been listening to this show, and it rocks, and, and it's really an honor to be here. So thanks for having me. Man, thank thanks you. Um, us, you man. know, I, I didn't realize, uh, I was telling you outside, you know, you don't realize who you see or who you know on TV. Right, and all of a sudden, right. you start looking like, oh, dude, this guy, yeah. not only was, I mean, not only he's a huge person, but he has the body of a football player, <laughs> but he was a football player. And then, like I was telling you earlier, my wife has watched you in uh, – um, in uh, the uh, Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield. Yeah. you know, I told you she was addicted to this movie, uh, this show, and so it's been really cool to kind of like do a really big di- dive in into your career and how your life and all the avenues it's taken you, yeah. uh, and what your acting career is like, what it's been like. Tell me one thing I, you're working I, on, I like right now. It. Well, first of all, let me just say it's my acting career sort of emulates my NFL career. You know, <laughs> people didn't know I played for so long. People don't know I've been an actor for so long, but I kind of just go along and I kind of grind my way through. But uh, yeah, man, I, I was an undrafted free agent, you know, yeah, was not supposed to make it in the NFL. Only reason I got in, cause uh, I had a friend who uh, was working at USC and who had some connections with the jets. Mm-hmm. 
And they said, hey, this guy has nothing else to work hard for you. And that's sort of my, my deal. And, and that's how my career started. Well, and you also said you were a DN at first. Yeah. And then you yeah. switched over to offensive line. You yeah. put on 30, 40 pounds. That's a crazy story, <laughs> too. I mean, <laughs> you got a coach coming to me one day after, uh, you know, we're in two days. Yeah. I'm getting abused as when a When it was six, real two days. Oh, when it was the, the old school. What year was this? Six, six weeks in a row. <laughs> six weeks of, of two days. Oof. Brutal. Coach came to me one day and said, hey, we want to work out some drills with you. And uh, and two days later, I had the head coach say, hey, we're going to send you home. We're going to bring you back as an offensive lineman on the practice squad and uh, and see how it goes. 14 years, not bad. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. <laughs> I, want to, I want to talk to you about uh, your closeness to winning the Super Bowl before you actually won the Super Bowl. Okay. All right. So, and I had to, we had to look this up a little bit. So, in 1997, you were in, You played for the Falcons. Yes. And you actually lost to the Packers and they went to the Super Bowl. Correct. All right. Then the 1998, the following year, you're with the Packers and then they lost to the Falcons to go to the Super Bowl when they're doing the, uh, the, 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 the show. We actually lost to the um, 49ers. Oh, yeah. Okay. 49ers ended up playing the Falcons. Falcons ended up going to the Super Bowl. Yes. So, and yeah. I was rooting against you because I was tell a 49ers you Not fan. too many people know that. So that's pretty, that's pretty good, right? good so by you guys. We're connecting this whole, all yeah. the dots here. Then in 99, you actually won the Super Bowl. Right. So you were close all these years. Yeah. You finally win it. Then you're around a little bit. And all of a sudden, you get there again with yeah. the Panthers in 2003. Yeah. I was in my college dorm. Uh, actually, my college apartment at the time. We had a little bit I was, more money than you guys did. Yeah, you know? I was I was and, uh, actually in the league. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> whatever. Guy. I wait, 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 you're older than him? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He paid me, he paid me to say oh, okay, that. Don't worry about it. Don't cry. I was like, dude, I, I felt a little bit about that. Hey, some right. of us color our hair, some of us don't. Don't yeah, worry okay, about it. It's you're okay. right, correct. But in, uh, So talk about that, the experience of being that close, always sniffing the Super Bowl, Finally getting there and then all of a sudden winning it and then getting there again and maybe and then losing it. Yeah. You know, listen, as you guys know, man, just being in the league is a privilege sometimes. And, and mm -hmm. you know, how, how hard guys work and don't get there, don't work. That's right. And so, I, you know, my, my main focus was just staying in the league, staying active. But, yeah, there were some times where I'm like, man, this maybe this is my sort of curse, you know, in the league. I'm going to stay in the league, but I'm always going to be that, you know, that also kind of just getting close, but never getting there. So it, it was rough. It was especially the one where I was with the Packers and they had been to a couple of bowls in a row, right, Yeah, you know, yeah. and then I thought, okay, I'm making this nice jump here where I'm going to get on a team that's going to be back. And then we lose. And, and then the Falcons, you know, who we saw a building kind of progress going on, but you know, I didn't think they were going to get they there came that out fast. Of nowhere. And then the dirty birds freaking yeah, go all the way. Came so, out of nowhere. Yeah. But uh, listen, man, it, it, it's, Win or lose, you know, to me, the Super Bowl wasn't the ultimate. Um, I was just worried about kind of making sure that I was part of the team and and contributing, things like that, man. I, I didn't really have those Super Bowl aspirations. It was really just about kind of, I'll be honest, you know, making money for me and my family and, mm -hmm. and kind of keeping that thing going. Because, again, every year as a free agent, I had to prove myself over and over, over and over again. You know, my first five years in the league, I had five different head coaches. So when you're that free agent guy, there's one coach that kind of loves you and kind of pulls on you and say, yeah, you're my guy. And then he's out of there. And next thing you know, you got another coach who yeah. wants doesn't to, know you. He, no, he don't know you. And he wants the, he wants the first rounder. He yeah. wants the guy who's, you know, who's touted. So that was kind of my thing. So you know, I was, I was just trying to stay afloat. I, I gotta be honest though. I've never heard anybody say that, that played in the NFL that, 
the Super Bowl was never like the ultimate. The ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the first. Yeah, yeah that's why I was like, really? Like, like, yeah. Nobody's well, ever. I've never heard anybody say that. That's what makes me stupid <laughs> <laughs> or unique. Or unique. I like. Let's I like that way. Yeah, let's, that's yeah the kind of guy unique. that can go uh, and, and and choose a, the NFL career and then choose a an acting career after that. So, how proud are you to? I mean, well, let's let's. You went to USC. Yeah. You know, a very franchised uh, uh, organization, college, prominent, a prominent. I mean, just a, a great school. Um, you go there, good career. And then you go undrafted 14 years in the NFL playing a different position than what you didn't play. So how tell us, like, how proud are you just from from having that long of a career without being drafted? That's, like your work ethic, everything. Thank you, man. I, I appreciate that. That's that's kind of where my pride comes from. That's 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 the most for me. You know, um, like I said, I wasn't supposed to make it. You know, I, I played with guys like Junior Seau, Mark Carrier. Um, you know, guys have played a long time and had, were touted from day one. Um, you know, I go back and meet, meet with my guys from SC and they and they just, you know, they still can't believe it all these years later, like that. I was the guy, <laughs> you were the one. I was the guy who went that long. Um, but that was kind of where the pride was. You know, it, for me, I got a couple of, you know, inner mantras that I kind of go through and one of them is just, why not me? You know, and, and why not, why can't I be that guy? You know, whether it's, like I said, the acting or the NFL. But, yeah, that was a huge source of pride that, that I was able to kind of put myself in a place where, especially after year six, seven, eight, I was known as a guy who could come in, um, learn the system right away, be a smart enough guy to kind of play a couple of different positions and and be valuable to a team, whether it was starting or not. You know, I started only so many games under 100 but I probably doubled that in games I played three quarters or more because I could come in and, and back up like that. And so I think your was, starts were like 46 or 48. Hey, man, I said I, I was closer to 100. What the hell? <laughs> no, you're right. Okay, whatever. Shot him down. But he, <laughs> no, but he, he played in like 160 or 170 something. So it's yeah. like. And like it, I said, yeah. I, I doubled that in probably games right. that I played at least a half or more, you know. Yeah. So when you think of it that way, um, I, I was valuable in much more ways than just yes. being that starter guy. And so, yeah, that was a huge source of pride for me that I was able to do it and do it well for, for a long time. Talk, talking about pride, and this is kind of off the subject and, and going back a little bit. Um, I read that, you know, you were standing by Dick Vermeil when London Fletcher tackles Kevin Dyson. Yes. Right. Boom. You win the game. Emotional. Everybody's happy. You're celebrating. And then you're in Carolina. Uh, I'd like to know maybe where were you standing when all of a sudden Tom Brady drives him all the way down. And. Now, looking back on it, Tom Brady, when he did that then, was not Tom Brady that we know right, and sit here and right, I'm looking at right here today. Right. Do you, does it give you any type of emotion knowing that Tom Brady has become who he's become? And like, maybe you're like, you know what, it was just, we were just in the way and we had no idea. Well, it was the beginning of his legacy, you know, yeah, it, yeah. Really, it really was. And uh, it, that was a heartbreaking <laughs> loss, man. Because I tell you what, you know, as you guys know, when you the further you get, and 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 when you when you have those kind of teams that get to the Super Bowl and, and teams that do well, no matter what, you, you have this camaraderie and this sort of closeness with Agreed. the team um, that you that you reach. And that year came out of nowhere. First game, Rodney Pete gets hurt, who's our starter. Jake DeLome comes in. Sort of the same feeling with the Rams, you know, where where Kurt Warner came in. Yeah. So the expectations were low, and to have those kind of seasons were so high that that that. Um, but I remember I was actually on the uh, the field goal block team. Okay, 
when uh, when their kicker Benetieri, uh, thank you, uh, he was there thirty years. He <laughs> kicked, <laughs> kicked the winning kick. There's a picture of me putting my hand up with the ball going right over it as he's kicking the winning field goal. So, you know, uh, heartbreak is the word that I think of. But but again, yeah, to, to, to look back on it and say, well, that was really the beginning of the staple of that legacy of right. Tom Brady, man, of, of the GOAT. So it, it's pretty nuts. So I got 13, you got 11, 11 14. Yeah. I know for me, my body started to, uh, I guess, shut down. I tore my ACL my last year. Right. So at that point in time, I knew it was time to retire. What point in your career did you know it was time to walk away from the game? I had some knee injuries that were not major, but they were kind of, they were adding up. You know, I was bone on bone on both of them and, and things where I just couldn't, you know, as an old lineman, if you can't bend your knees and get low, especially when you're six, eight. Yeah. <laughs> makes it a little problem. difficult. There's a, a problem. So I think it was... Sort of the last year when I was spending so much time in the training room, and you guys know how that goes, yeah. you know, at the end, you're just spending so much effort just trying to get out to practice sometimes. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but but even, you know, year 15, I was thinking, man, I hope someone calls, you know. Right. Yeah. I wasn't sure what, 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 my, what my status would be, but I, I would say right around year 12, I was kind of, uh, I, I, I had doing nothing, just doing a simple little drill sort of uh, blew my meniscus and, and, and tore it, you know. And, and so that was when I kind of started to really kind of wonder how many more years I got left. But And you still squeaked out another and two. And I still squeaked out another two. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm know. feeling it. And I'm feeling it today. You, today? <laughs> you don't look like it. You walked in great. I know, You're looking I know. good. You ever crossed your leg? A lot of people can't do that. Can't even do that. A lot of I people know. can't do that. I know. Um, well, flexibility was a big thing for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. So, so tell me this, though. Um, you were doing some TV and early, you know, interviewing and or like analyst work when yeah. you were playing. Yeah. I started and, out, I started out, I hate to interrupt you, but. No, 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 um, it's fine. I just want to know, was that all, always part of the plan? Did you it, know you were going to be It was not, it was not. Because it I led thought, you to acting eventually. It did, yeah. but I'll start with when I ended my career, I was thinking, you know, football analyst, football guy, or or let's try the acting. But before that even started, yeah, I was hosting radio and TV shows. You know, right. we all know we get those Back then, it was radio. You know, you do radio shows like with the lineman kind of thing. Matt Willig with, the, you know, with the yeah. old line kind of stuff. And, and I started doing that. Then started hosting and being part of uh, the, the 49ers weekly stuff. You know, things like that where I just got comfortable being in front of the camera and, and had a little bit of a, uh, I don't know, a personality. You do have a good personality. You do have a good personality. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you that. You do. Man. But uh, yeah, that's how it started. And, and then... Um, had a friend who had an agent in in the business who mm -hmm. dealt with a lot of ex-athletes. And so right around year, in fact, it was just after we had won the Super Bowl with the Rams, I ended up doing a commercial. I, so I got I got into the acting thing and, and, I, and I booked my first commercial. What was the commercial? It was the commercial with uh, Terrell Davis and, and Kurt Warner for uh, Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup. Okay. Soup. And I played, you know, I played a, a, an offensive lineman for the Rams. Easy. <laughs> it was an easy deal. Easiest gig ever. <laughs> but so I was doing that, you know, my last three or four years in, in the NFL, I was doing it every offseason. I'd go and I'd do three or four commercials, you know, and started having instant success. And so that's when I kind of thought, you know, let's give this sh a shot and, and see what happens. So that's kind of how it started. Oh, okay. did you get any free soup after the commercial? No, did they didn't. They didn't. No, get I tried. tried. What, what, By the way, you don't, want, you don't want to try that soup after about seven hours of it, <laughs> of it, of it sitting of it sitting around. But, That's the uh, best thing about it, man. I'd have got all the free soup I wanted. So was it hard getting into the the like the acting bug? Like, what made you want to get into acting itself, though? 
Like, I know we do radio, we do TV. That's kind of yeah. the, the typical thing for us to yeah. do when we retire. And commercial, and com- playing an offensive lineman, that's not really that's different. Yeah, that's yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I just, I'm curious, like, how did you get into, like, that? What was that first big role like for you to get into character, makeup, crying, not crying, emotional? I'm the fifth of six boys, and I was always looking for attention. That's kind of where it starts. Okay. You know, when you're this big, you're always, you just kind of, you take on that personality of kind of being the jokester guy. And I was that guy. I was that guy in the NFL. I was the guy who kept things loose, um, kind of always had that sort of goofy personality. And that's kind of how it started. I got with an acting coach and worked for a co- first couple of years just to see where I was at. Yeah. Um, and Stuart Robinson, I'll, I'll never forget him. Um, he, again, he dealt with a lot of ex-athletes. And he told me right away, he's like, man, he goes, you, you've got something, you got it. You, you, you have a kind of a fearless attitude about things where you have these instincts and a lot of times instincts will carry you mm-hmm. for a while. You know what I mean? If you just kind of think, you know what you're talking about, you can fake it till you make it. Yeah. And I, and I did that Sounds for like a while. It, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, and I was lucky enough to have some good roles and get some good things where they fit. Now, again, being my height, man, there's only certain roles that you're you're good for. Right. You know, I'm not going to play the leading guy. I'm not going to. So it was a lot of bad guys. It was a lot of things that, that to me seemed easy. You know, it's only when you get into the heavy dialogue and things like that where you got to really show emotion where where you decide whether or not, you know, you, you got what it takes. And again, it's little steps, man. As you guys know, you know, you take these little steps, climb on that ladder uh, to figure out how far you can go. And so... Uh, I was doing that and, and it was working for me. So by you being so high to man of your stature, being six, eight, six, nine, and you can only play so many roles, do you, does, is that a little discouraging? You being, was it called typecasting? Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, I don't want to be the bad guy all the time. I, I want to be the lover, not the fighter. I want- Specifically the bad guy for sure. You know, I, I like playing guys who are a little different and, and have some emotion. And that was cool to kind of get to a place where I was playing some of those guys. But it takes time, you know. Um, Hollywood loves to typecast you. It's, it's been said for years and years and years. And it's true because they like you the way you fit, you know, and it's only when you do, I was able to do a couple of, uh, independent things, you know, things that were lower budget where you can kind of get out and do your own thing, where you kind of, you put that on a reel, you know, you show other people, things like that, where, where they finally start to go, okay, he's got some chops. It's been one of the coolest things about acting has been, um, some of the little, uh, responses from people that I that I admire or respect who have said, you know, Matt's got some chops. Matt's got some acting ability. And for a guy who kind of came up the way I did, just being an act uh, a, a, a ball player, um, that means a lot to me too. So I've done one movie in my entire life, and I did I did this I did the Sharknado. May the Fourth be with you. Oh and man, I wish you hadn't told I, me that. I the did. respect level just bounced, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I saw it. Yeah. I had like one line yeah, yeah. and I have no desire to be an actor whatsoever. But the right. dude reached out and I was like, well, yeah, whatever. Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. Didn't read the script till I got there. Like I totally wasn't was not prepared. Right. Wish I had had an acting coach or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> I guess my, my, my question is. What does an acting coach do? Like, what could an acting coach teach you? Like, what do you do? I know football drills. I do certain drills to get me yeah. my feet right hand yeah. drill, whatever. Like, what do you do as an acting coach? I'll, I'll give you a, g- a great example. Early on, um, because I'm sort of a handsy guy who likes to kind of talk like this sometimes, uh, I was doing that as an actor. And, and he would say, plant your feet and stop moving. 
be still. And that was one of the earliest lessons I learned was to be still where you are. Um, and, and you don't realize how much you kind of move around and do things, especially if I'm, you know, you're someone like me who, who did, um, until you kind of realize what you're doing and stop doing it or start doing something like that, then, you know, that's, that, that's one of the, some of the real keys. It's the minimalization of things that you do, you know, uh, just eye movement. Mm -hmm. as opposed to shaking your head and, and making a face or things like that that really make the difference between kind of being a, just a, a guy who, who does it sometimes or, or a guy who can kind of elevate himself into that next level of acting, which, again, man, if there's 80 levels of acting ability, I'm on, you know, the top, I'm on the first 10. You know, I, I got so much further to go. But, again, those are some of the things that you do. Um, it's amazing to be able to see yourself just like – when we're, when we're balling, you know, you, you think you're doing something mm -hmm. right. And then you watch tape or film and you go, I didn't realize I did that. Yeah. Right. You know, and it kind of takes film sometimes to, to, to be able to see what you're doing wrong. Right. It's the same with acting. You know, you, you, you're able to see the little things that you can kind of change moving forward. And, and again, like I said, early on, man, being just being still and being kind of planted where you are. It was a huge thing. So, I mean, that's gotta be huge for you. Um, you know, especially with your stature, right? Yeah. Like you can already be a little bit overbearing compared to probably your your co-actors yeah. besides you. You're going to be way bigger. We don't need you flailing arms, right? This It takes away from what you're actually saying. Is that where they were trying to give you that? That's one of the biggest advices for you, I'm sure. And somebody may tell me something completely different, but we all have to accept it. Um, I really love that part of it. The other part, what I really want to know is, what's the difference between like a low budget like independent independent film like like, high budget, like like be able to tell the average person i've never been on a set like break that down for me like what are the biggest differences because like i uh, think i know but yeah. i don't know at all so well, tell I gotta, me i that. gotta say all these things with with and being delicate i don't want to offend anybody out there in the well they don't know yeah right <laughs> is it to be is it like to be low budget it's here's what it is number one it's obviously money yes. money that, that they invest in Actors that they invest in um, sets that they invest in the the, the ability to uh, uh, shoot somewhere. A lot of times, just you know, being able to pay for a, a spot to shoot is important. Mm. You know, um, so all those things. Um, it's it's across the board. I would say number one, the level of 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 acting is uh, you know the the actor that you're going to get on a higher budget. Obviously, is is something. Um, but again, sometimes when you get with the right crew, I did a, I did a movie called The Employer with uh, Malcolm McDowell and, and a cast of about four or five people where very low budget, but you knew right away coming in, these are high level actors that are just kind of doing, you know, uh, and I'll say another thing is script. They like the script. Well, when you get a good script that you know it's it's going to be something. Uh, a lot of times when you get in those lower budgets, the script is a little suspect and lacks a little bit, you know. And but a lot of times you have the ability to play with that script a little bit, you know. Yeah, you can yeah. Do yeah. Things to kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. To kind of to kind of to make things right, or you can see the writing's not good and things like that. It's like I said, it's it's hard to answer because, like I said, across the board. It's just always a little bit lower, okay. a little lower level of, 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 of everything. So I know a couple, like, I don't know how far, a few years back, though, you were, you were at a gym. You were, was it Equinox Gym? <laughs> and you were working out, and you, you, you happened to run into The Rock, and yeah. you guys have this uh, brief moment conversation, and you asked him for some 
some advice because you were trying to get into the acting. Yeah. Um, what was that advice and how has that helped you with your career thus far? It was interesting because it was very specific. It, I, I didn't, being fully aware of of not overstepping your bounds with with someone like that, right. you know, is kind of important. So we we were working out for a couple of weeks and, and we'd, we'd uh, just do some sets together, nothing big. And uh, I had a movie coming out called Year One, which was kind of my first big movie that I Michael had done. Sarah. Michael Sarah, Jack, Jack Black, Black yeah. yeah. And um, there were some instances, I, I wasn't invited to the New York premiere. And so it was very specific about, hey man, what do you think, what angle should I take in sort of putting myself in there, you know, and forcing myself in there. And looking back on it now, Dwayne was the perfect guy because Dwayne has forced himself into a lot of things, you know, to, to make himself, you know, one of the greatest uh, uh, that we have today. Um, and he was very honest about things and kind of gave me that sort of advice that was, you know, push your way through, man. Don't don't say no. Don't let no be a, be an answer. Uh, don't let them tell you you can't go somewhere or things like, things like that. Um, and so that was cool. You know, it was cool just to have that and kind of keep it light and simple and uh, he was very cool about it and he ended up kind of very soon after that kind of getting his own gym and you know kind of going private and and uh i'd see him from time to time where he would come up and give me some love and and say now nah, one day man we'll work together one day and to kind of come full circle and have it be with young rock and yeah. have it be his story um uh, and play a guy that he considered basically his uncle you know, mm -hmm. he used to call him Uncle Andre as a kid. So that's kind of was kind of a neat, neat little full circle moment. So I just want to briefly talk about your role in uh, Young Rock when yes. you when you play Andre the Giants. For for those listening and watching, Andre the Giant it was about was he seven feet? Seven seven feet, feet. He's seven about feet. seven feet tall. He weighed about five hundred pounds. Four hundred fifty pounds. He yeah. was. I mean, it's just massive. funny because could, every wrestler they get taller every time they announce their name. That's right. That's right. He was. And he was one of them. He, he was, was huge. Yeah. He I was mean, huge. I remember yeah. watching him as a kid, he and uh, uh, I remember when Hulk Hogan body picked him just up. Body yeah. slam. Just yeah. a normal like, body slam. I lost was, my everlasting yeah. mind at like yeah. six years old, and that moment right there, Hulk Hogan. I was like, "Yo, he is the truth. He is the deal." Now, you don't look like you 450 pounds. No. What all did you have to do? What did your body have to do to become that player? And I like the hair, too. You had, like, the little curls. Those, yes, you know. yes. <laughs> my wigs were the best. It wasn't, it wasn't even my hair. Um, and that, so that was, that, that's the transformation I needed to make. You know, when I, when I booked it, it was funny because they never even said to me, hey, we want you to gain weight or we want you to kind of get into that sort of mode that would look like Andre. Um, they booked me at, you know, basically kind of what I weigh now, maybe even a little less. I, yeah. I'm about 300, I'm like 295. And I was probably a little bit less, but so I took it upon myself to gain 30 pounds uh, for the first year. And, you know, it was, it was just about being soft and having that Andre look. After that, it was, you know, it, it's facial mannerisms. It's things like that that you got to really look at. I studied everything that that he did. And and uh, then once you put that wig and the... And, uh, and the different outfits on, it sort of transforms you. But yeah, the weight was the biggest thing because I really wanted to feel that. And you know, when you're on camera, everything adds. And so being 330 pounds, 6'8", yeah. it transforms into seven foot, 450, <laughs> you know, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was a grueling grind to kind of keep that weight on where everybody else was, all the other wrestlers were losing weight and trying to look as good as they could.
you know, getting them abs going, I was like, hey, let's go and have some lunch. You know, let's go eat another burger. And so that was kind of funny. But uh, it was, I took it really seriously, you know, um, because I didn't want to, this guy is iconic. Yeah, yeah Andre he is iconic. Um, even if you don't know wrestling, you know Princess Bride, the movie he did. And, and so uh, there, was a, there was a great responsibility, honestly, to kind of do it right, kind of have a lot of respect for it. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it's a show where they're going to dramatize things and kind of make make some stuff up, and to make it a show, uh, it was really important, kind of, for me to to make it uh, believable, uh, respectful, you know, and and uh, and make it so that people who knew Andre back in the day, that was one of the biggest things that I had um, since Sources of Pride. You know, as the show was going on, was people were coming to me who knew Andre and saying, "Man." kind of uncanny you know some of the things that you're doing um remind me of andre and 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 so a lot of respect for that so so i got one question for you uh before we move on to the next one is all right so when you're saying you're watching film on andre andre the giant like how much film do you watch i know when we say watch film we watch like football right but like how much film do you really watch i watched every every interview andre did at least 20 25 times Mm. And there wasn't that many. There were different points in his life where he spoke less good English. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, then he started to learn a little more. Uh, then he became heavier, even heavier when he was older. And he kind of had the you and the more. I my biggest thing was I would. Uh, oh, you almost did it. You, I know. The, I know. What I said, the, the tongue. Give you, the people you, what they want. You, de- you deaden the tongue. You know, uh, you make the tongue as big as you can. So that you talk with everything is kind of like so that's kind of where I started that. Um, and, and, and it was, uh, yeah, that was kind of where it started. And then again, uh, just to kind of make a point, when I was, when I came in and I had so much confidence going back to that, yeah. that I was, that I could do it, I was almost, and I don't want to be disrespect, disrespectful to the, the executive producers, but they let me do some things. You know, they said, hey, we trust you enough to where if you want to make these choices or these things, you know, sometimes I would say, hey, Andre wouldn't wear this, you know, or Andre wouldn't have done this. The first season, you go back to that WrestleMania 3 incident with, with Hulk Hogan. Um, they wanted me to wear that black singlet, which he's very famous for, but he never wore it early on. He only wore it kind of at a certain point in his career. They wanted me to wear it the first season, and I kind of said, hey, Andre wouldn't have worn this. It was before the time. Yeah. And they respected me enough to say, okay, we get it. You know, and they would change it up. Little things like that that kind of along the way allowed me to kind of have some real good say over the character, which was really cool. And you wouldn't know that unless you watched and film. studied the film. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, my other thing is, how does that make you feel? Do you feel like closer to The Rock? Uh, because it's it's really like a part of his story, a part of his life. Do you feel closer in that way, knowing that he was kind of that person that kind of gave you confidence in yeah. this lane, right? Yeah. Like, because... We all got to have somebody believe in us or tell us at Look some point, like, yeah. man, like, you can do this. It's okay to believe that it's okay. And um, how does that maybe emotionally take you in a place or or have you ever just wrapped your head around all of that? You know, I have. And it's, it's a trip because I look back on even the first day that I auditioned for Andre the Giant uh, for it and knowing that it was Dwayne's story and knowing that it was, you know, that, that he was going to be looking at that and, and, and seeing my audition and stuff. And, and there was a sense of kind of calmness about it. There was a sense of, he knows me. 
he's going to know more about me. Yeah. And I kind of had that little confidence about, yeah, let's do this. Uh, I, I ended up talking to the, to, uh, the executive producer, the showrunner of the show, Nanashka Khan. And, and she was there for my, for my audition. And she told me later on, you know, when I, when I walked in with this confidence, uh, they almost knew instantly that I was no. Don't get me wrong. I needed to fit the bill physically. Right. That, that's know. probably the first and, box. And I came in speaking French, which threw them for a loop. They actually asked me if I knew French fluently. Uh, but yeah, there was no. I, I used that sort of that, that. You know, looking back on that same feeling that he gave me, um, I used that on, on on my audition and 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 knew instantly. And sure enough, they told me later on that. Uh, they knew right away that I was going to be there, Andre. Number one, French is a beautiful language. How do you know French? You can't I, just I, you can't just drop that. Yeah, <laughs> just like, I don't oh, know. You can't just drop that. I just, don't know French. <laughs> I I was able to learn a couple of lines in the dialogue that they had uh-huh. and speak it in a way. That's another thing that I sort of that have the ability to do thing, is I, is I have the ability to um to to give accents. I can learn them pretty quickly, and I've been able to play some characters. Russian or kind of an Eastern European, or in this case, having a French accent. Um, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I got with a French dialect coach and she helped me later on, yeah, of but I was able to fake it just yeah, enough in that audition and do it well to where they was like, damn, you can speak French too? I'm like, I will. <laughs> I will when I need to, you know? So, uh, so yeah. Do you think you mimic how you hear it? Because Trevor Noah, he, he's real big into uh, traveling and learning other languages. Right. And he goes, the biggest difference with learning languages, why it's easier for kids to learn language because kids, they don't mind making a fool of themselves because they can just mimic it. So right. I'm not saying I'm an expert at mimicking people, but when I imitate or if I'm telling a joke or whatever, I kind of mimic what I hear. Yeah. So do you think that's kind of what that's where it starts? And with every language that you try to mimic or, or have an accent with, there's always four or five key things or key words right. that you'll hear from either someone with a French accent or someone with an Irish accent or someone with an Eastern European accent that you recognize, you know, that you can go, OK, that sounds legit because those are words they would change or not be able to change, you right. know, they wouldn't use certain vowels, stuff like that, you know, as trivial as it, uh, as it sounds, those are the things that kind of are important. And again, going back to having the, the, the skills as a, as a next level actor, those are the things you kind of do. I'm, I'm making so, all the connections here because you were like a young kid. You said like making fun of myself. This is kind of like being the big guy and just trying to make it easy on everybody. Peanuts like, no, that's how you actually learn how to make, and actually sound like other languages as well. That's just, you know, you're putting all these things together. You gotta put yourself out there. You gotta be able to put yourself out there. Look, you can, you can look at every comedian and they have the ability to do that yeah. and speak in 17 different, you know, sort of characters or whatever. It's that same mentality. It's right. that same kind of, again, I said I was the fifth of six boys. <laughs> you know, you're always looking for attention. Yeah. yeah. And so it's those kind of things that I've always sort of used and had uh, at my disposal to kind of, uh, you know, use to, lighten situations or whatever, you know, kind of make myself uh, in a uh, in a relationship with somebody. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, 
you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I want to ask you about what it was like when um, uh, when you were playing in playing the role in the movie Concussion. Concussion. It was uh, were you ever? It was a very deep dive, and I was actually nervous as a football player to watch the movie. I just yeah. have tried you tried to stay away from it. I still have not watched it because oh, you I, have not. No, I, I just I just kind of stayed away from it because I was always so nervous. Like, is it going to be insight into my own life? Right. I should probably be okay to do it now because I've been retired <laughs> for six years and yeah. I'm, I work on TV. I don't have any injuries uh, uh, mentally or brain injuries that I know of. So, um, but enough about me, but back to you. Were you ever emotionally drained? Uh, how did this movie affect you internally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, playing the role that you had to play? And also maybe talk about the preparation going into it. Sure. Yeah, I know all those things, man. I, uh, again, talking about taking a role seriously and, yeah. and really kind of having a connection with it. So I played Justin Strelzik, who was a former NFL lineman who ended up taking his life, many believe, because of, of CTE. I met with his uh, widow. That was the first thing I wanted to do. And um, even before that, got in touch with her where she sent me a box full of his drawings, his writings, his music. He was a real uh, eclectic guy where he played the guitar and kind of he wrote, he wanted to be an actor, honestly. And so there was all these things that where he would write. And um, so she sent me a whole bunch of stuff. So getting into that part of it was really huge, kind of getting into a mindset of, of that downward spiral that one would go through. Um, because like you, I'm lucky enough, and I think it's part of what we, why we do this. I think keeping the brain active and, and, and motivated is a huge factor. Um, so that was the, and then when I got out to Pittsburgh, we shot in Pittsburgh, met with the widow and his family. Um, it's funny because they, they have a son named Justin who was born on the same day I was born. Mm. Um, they ended up, I, I said, uh, I was going to ride a motorcycle, which he rode. Um, I said, is there any way to get his motorcycle? His son had his motorcycle that he rode. And so I learned how to ride because I had never, I'd ridden, but I, he had a big hog, he had a big Harley. And, and so I needed some practice anyways, learned, learned how to do that. It was all these little things uh, that I'm telling you, like, just like I'm talking about before, the little things that kind of make and put yourself into a position where you're ready to rock when it comes time. My scenes were emotional. Um, the, the actress that played his widow or his wife at the time um, we cried for 10 hours doing a scene, mm. um, just to stay in that moment, that place where, um, you know, there's a scene where I get violent and end up leaving. Um, and, uh, I remember distinctly between scenes, us holding hands, just two actors who had just met a couple days ago, holding hands, trying to hold back tears because of this, of the seriousness severity the 
the, you know, the, the climactic sort of heat that was going on on scene. Um, I ended up choking her in a scene, which it wasn't in the, in the script, um, which scared the hell out of her, scared me because the director wanted me to do it. So again, going back, kind of cutting, cutting through, I, it was those things kind of that, that put me in that, in that space to, to kind of maybe feel where, what he might've been feeling. Um, but the whole concept of CTE and things like that, kind of, again, you walk in with this idea that I need to kind of take, take this serious as, because I'm part of it. Yeah. I, I could be living this. Yeah. Right, right. Who knows? You know, yeah. I've known guys, I played with Junior Seau. I roomed with Junior Seau. Um, I, another linebacker, Scott Ross, who was a, a big time player at SC my, my times, he ended up taking his life um, and they found CT. So I've been around it. I've seen it. And so, yeah, man, it was, it was a heavy deal. And I had so much, again, going back to even like with Andre, I had so much pride kind of getting involved in it and being a part of it. And uh, so it, it was, it was pretty cool. All right. Tell me this though. One last thing to finish that up. How do you get back out of, playing such a serious role where you've been involved with the family, you've met with the the widow, you ride the bike, you see all these things so intimately, like you're saying, you're holding hands crying. Yeah. Such yeah. a serious moment of it. How do you get back out of that? And like, okay, I'm getting Drugs back. and alcohol? Yeah. <laughs> Can I say that? I mean, <laughs> if it helps. I mean, I appreciate the honesty. No, no. I'm, you know, again, I think uh, to me, going back to CT real quick, I think that part of the issue with a lot of guys this mm-hmm. is just my opinion only is that they have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. I think that they, a lot of them have these dual personalities. Their ups and their downs are really high. So that kind of comes with the territory. I've always been one who has always sort of looked at things from the comical side of things. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, that for me is a great way to pull back right, right, right. is to have some comedy with yeah, things yeah. and kind of keep things light. Yeah. Um, and again, I was there for, maybe a couple of weeks while I was shooting and then sort of taking yourself out of that situation. I had a huge beard that was Justin's, you know, that I, that I, that I grew shaved that off. You know, you okay. just changed the whole personas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's all sorts of things like that, that I would do that, that it would um, put me back into the Matt Willig mode, you know, or you go home and I, you know, slapping some kids around. <laughs> you know, I'm joking, <laughs> of course, but being a parent, you know, will yeah. put, take you out of that and all, all sorts of things like that to kind of put you back where you need to be. Okay, good. So we're going to flip it. We're going to get into a couple of fun questions now. Me, cool. I'm, I'm a big movie guy. I, I love movies. Seen a ton of movies. I probably go to a movie by myself. I go all the time. I'm the, I'm the same guy. So we're the Millers. Yes. Hilarious. I probably watched it a month ago. And just by chance now, right we meet you and we're doing this show. Um, there is a... Uh, Remember his daughter's in here. No, she's... This is a very good... You can watch this. Your kids can watch this. I've seen the movie. I know exactly where you're going. Oh, with this. Okay. I know who he played. So there's a, there's a strip... <laughs> tea scene uh in 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 that part when you guys are in that warehouse or whatever and they get called the cartel and all that so was she supposed to strip tease with you or did they cut that out (laughs) i've I've 20 minutes before shooting the scene is what i yes was told 20 minutes of what i've read 20 minutes before the scene jennifer aniston canceled well Well, i don't know if she canceled she didn't cancel what happened was in the script it's that she comes over to my character and dances all over me and that was my first day of shooting. So I'm there in the, in the scene. So it was kind of, it was easy. But uh, 
Yeah, that was a funny little moment of of going, man, I almost had <laughs> almost had Jennifer Aniston give me a lap dance. <laughs> I guess on not. Day one. On day one. On day, on day, day, day one. one. On day one. I could have done anything and got fired. I would have been happy. <laughs> oh. That was a fun, by the way, that was a fun movie to shoot. Fun movie to it shoot. It was a fun movie to watch. Yeah. It's, it's got I love great the edits. It's, it's the, end, the, edits. the edits. Oh my at god! The, end. the the edits are hilarious. Mark. That's it's funny because yeah. when people see that, that's like people that have known me forever. Kind of go, that's the Matt Willie. I know, you know, the guy kind of tickling somebody at the end there. Um, yeah, that's it was a lot of fun. Um, what is uh, what's been your favorite role that you've ever done? <sighs> Men in over question. sixty films and um, what sixty films? Yeah, TV? that's yeah. a lot. You've been busy. I, I would say Andre just. Just for the the sheer fact that it's it was really close to my heart, kind right. of doing doing that and, and and kind of do it well and and get some acclaim for it was was pretty cool. Now, were you a wrestling fan growing up? Did you ever watch? Wrestling? Funny thing was, I wasn't. I wasn't what? a huge wrestler. I know, I know, I know. Six boys. <laughs> Six boys. We would wrestle. Come on, as big as you are, like there's not the wrestling. No guy. power driving in the house. No, never. It's had never been to me. a show. Didn't know any of that. Like, you know, I, I knew characters and things, but I was never a huge fan. Your brother never put you in the Boston Crab. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he would just he would just slap. Um, and and I was playing one of maybe ten other guys in the in the in the shot, but he took the time to kind of give me some one on one, and that he, he did not disappoint. Man, he was as cool as I thought he was, and uh, and it, so that was really, that was a big one. All right, and now I got to go off script now All right. because uh, you just said something that now I have to know. Okay. All right? You're talking about filming in Asia. All right, where is the coolest place you've ever filmed? Well, the funny thing, I, we shot that here in the States, but it only showed over. Like, oh. you know, a lot of times yeah, these big-time actors will get paid a, a ton of money to kind of do this. I think it was for like a petroleum company or a gas company. <laughs> it was just a random, something random, but they get paid a ton of money to shoot these commercials that will never be shown in the States. Um, where's the coolest place I've shot? Where have I been? God, Lord. I would say year one, this is, a, this is another weird answer. Uh, year one, we shot in a place called White Sands, New Mexico. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I dr yeah. I've driven through there before. Yeah. It was a trip. You're talking about literally White Sands yeah. for miles. I remember because I'm a golfer, I, I ended up pulling out golf clubs. I'm, I'm dressed like a caveman. And I'm, I'm pulling out golf clubs and hitting balls like as far as I can. Yeah. So that was one of the cool places. We would be best friends because I'm a golfer, too. That's, that's it, all man. he's been talking that, that, about that, all day. Right. Just trying to golf. I'm trying I just to played Tory Pines the other day for the first time in about 15 years. And, and I had, shoot? had a blast. Shot in the 80s. Um, both in relationship-wise, you know, my, my parents, they, they, were the, they were the type of parents that never really showed, um, they didn't fight in front of us, which to me was a cool thing. I knew they would be mad at each other. I knew they had our arguments and fights. They just took the time to kind of go, hey, we're not going to put this out there for, for our kids. Yeah. For me, that was cool. Um, the grind. They showed me how to grind. My, my dad was a, was a cop and, uh, and worked a couple of jobs outside of that to raise six boys. Um, he was mean and angry as a kid because that's how he needed to be. But then I, I've gotten, gotten to see the love in the last 20 years. But, and my mom was a home giver, a, home, home, uh, a homemaker, uh, but she worked as well. But she was just the most loving person that I, that I know. So that's, that's, I'm going to give that as one. I could fake it and give it two, but I, I'll try to keep it one. I'll say my brother's number two, just because I, I like I said, I'm, I'm one of the youngest and I've gotten to see my older brothers 
fail and succeed and, and, and do it with, with, uh, class and dignity. And my brothers are the coolest dudes I know. So mm. I'll give them one. Glad you got a great relationship with them. Yeah. I, 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 I still want to kick their asses, but that's, that's, but that's being a brother, right? That's family. That's family. Um, man, after that, do I need any more Christian Catholic? I gotta say God. Yeah. You yeah know? Love um, it. Uh, I'm not always perfect by by far, uh, but when I'm in trouble and, and when I need some guidance, I kind of get spiritual and I and I th I think of that. I love it. Um, and I, and again, I'm not trying to be cheesy. I'm really not because I'm kind of a I'm kind of a do it yourself guy. But I'll say my kids last, man. My two daughters have shown me how to be number one a good dad because you have to be. Mm -hmm. And even though I screw up and and do things wrong, um, you know they they've kind of. They keep me in check, as as kids oh, will do. See. Yeah, she's over there. <laughs> I had to give her some love. She came yeah, with me you today. Hey, cool points. <laughs> yeah, but but it's true. Her and I are, are we're, we're good. We're best friends. I'll say that we're That's best awesome. friends. I love and it. So, I love it. Yeah, man, it's family for me. I'm not always like I said. I'm not always the best family guy, but when it comes down to it, I think it's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, Matt, man, appreciate it, man. I think you're off the hot seat, dude. You are off the hot Guys, seat. Guys, I hope I wasn't too boring. I hope it was just... No, you, you were awesome, were good. dude. You're awesome. Again, you man. You have I, great personality. Thank you have you, an brother. infectious smile. Thank you. You're, you're a big, gentle giant. <laughs> I mean, you gentle giant. Yeah, yeah, you, it should be. Yeah. I mean, even you're not in your seat right here, people, I don't even think people are going to get an understanding yeah, of how you are. Wait till you stand up. You That's why I wore this shirt. Blend in today. Yeah, I That's love right. to talk to Mr. Thomas right there. I loved yeah. all my white substitutes and yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. So we're good. All right, we're good. Appreciate well, you guys. No man, thanks, Matt. Man, hey, look, thank you for all our followers and listeners as always, man. And all like we always say, man, give us a rating, a review, five star review. Tell a friend to tell a friend to what? Tell a friend. There it is. And you know, anywhere you get podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcast or iHeartRadio Podcast, please tell a friend and check us out. Appreciate Subscribe. It, I'm Peanut. I'm Roman. That's Rome. That's Matt. That's Matt. NFL Player Second Nights Podcast. We in LA, and that's it. We out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.